Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. So today I want to speak about Jesus. Today I'm not going to tell you a how-to or a whatever. Today I want to tell you what is and who is Jesus. Isn't that an exciting word? So I believe this scripture that I'm going to share now, somebody should be able to wake up any Christian midnight or in the midst of when you're busy working and you've got to be able to quote this scripture because this is an absolutely necessary scripture. John 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, John 1 and verse 1. Okay. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this is the important part here, is that Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word that makes this happen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus was not an afterthought that came later. He was with God right from the beginning. All things were created through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Verse 2. God, the Word of God, which is Jesus, was involved right from the beginning. Verse 3, all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This is so important, is that the world didn't know Jesus when He came. He was right here, shining his light, but the world ignored it and didn't grasp it. And this is the part that is wonderful. And the light was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 6 of John 1, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that although that through him men might believe. He was not the light. So John was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Okay? So John 1, all the way to verse 9, uh, from verse 1 to verse 9, they was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. So Jesus came to us. Who are we? We are his own, and we didn't receive him. We didn't understand him. And today still, people don't receive him. People don't understand who he is. People don't receive him. And this is the part where if there's a bright light shining in darkness... You cannot ignore it. You cannot say it doesn't exist. So we are that light that must shine Jesus. But we are shining it in such a way the world is not recognizing it. The world's not seeing it. The world's not changing. 
because we are not reflecting who he is correctly. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Let this scripture just sink in. Okay? I'm going to go to the first scripture in a moment again. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, this is where it comes in. Your newborn experience, your born again experience is being described there. You were not born of a natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband will, but you were born of God. Amen. Exactly the same way as the virgin birth. The virgin birth was born outside of the human process of a husband and wife. And exactly the same way, we get born again outside of that. And we become children of God through that supernatural process, through that impossible process. And that is what makes us come into communion with the Word. You see, the people think the Word is a book. Okay? Have you spent time in the Word? People think that means, have you read the book? If I ask you, have you spent time in the Word? I'm actually meaning, have you spent time with Jesus? Okay? And I'm going to expand on that for a minute. I'm not saying, it doesn't, don't read your Bible, don't mishear me. Um, I'm saying that you have to interact with Jesus. And it happens through the Word. Because God and the Word is one. Jesus and the Word is one. And they have been there from the beginning. They've been there. Let's go to verse 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You see, this is the part that you have to know, is that there is a Jesus was there in the beginning, and everything was created through Him speaking, through Him speaking out the Word. And that creation process, if you want to create anything today, if you want to change a situation, speak it out. Declare it out. That is the anointing that God has given us. We interact with him. That's always been there. When you're praying, you're not praying to a man that lived 2,000 years ago. You're praying to the spirit being Jesus that have been alive since the creation days. People think that we are praying to a man that's died and rose again and went to heaven. But you've got to understand that Jesus was there from the beginning in the form of the word that came out of God's mouth. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend him. But this part I want you to really study. So John 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. If you get that into your spirit, you are beginning to have a revelation of who Jesus is. You're beginning to stand up. Everything else that you know about Jesus is based on the Scripture. Everything else that you know about Jesus stems from this part because this is the part 
that explains to you that he existed all the time. He's not a new idea. The word is the creator, like I said already. It is through the speaking of the person, Jesus, creation happens. It is the word, which is Jesus, having its action of speaking, that creation took place. Nothing was created without Jesus. Nothing was created without the word. So if you want to pray, speak the word. If you want something to change, speak the word. And this is where you've got to come in. The word is not a book. It's in a book. But it's not a book. It is a person. It is a spirit being. It is a creator. And you can have a relationship with him. You can't tell me you love Jesus and you don't love him. I don't want to say his word because now I'm separating it. This is him. This is him. And you've got to bring the two together. He brings light and darkness cannot resist it. If you switch on a light at home or you light a candle, do you ever wonder if it's going to win against darkness? Light always wins. If you can light it, if you can switch the light on, except if ESCOM makes that difficult, but if you get the light on, that will win. It's not going to take a while, half an hour for the light to take over and slowly but surely forces the darkness out of the room. It is immediate. All darkness is gone. Wherever the light shines, darkness is gone. And that is how Jesus' victory works. It is as clear as day and night. It's not half dark. If the sun comes up on a clear day, it's not half dark. The moment that sun rises, it is bright and brilliant. Wherever the sun can get a direct light onto, it is brilliant. And so is the victory in Jesus. It is complete, it is immediate, and there is no question about it. There is no question about the victory when the light shines into it. Oh, are we preaching good today? Yes. Amen. Amen. You see, the problem is people treat Jesus just like somebody that's got to help them when they're in need. They want to quote a formula that they learned off by heart. And they expect the results because they quoted the formula. Even your tithing can become a formula. But if your tithing and your giving is not based in the person Jesus, it's not going to work. Because it's all in the relationship. I'll show it to you more in a moment. Okay? So when we pray, when we talk and speak to the Word... When we speak to Jesus, we've got to know we are talking to the Word. We are talking to that entity that created everything. You are not talking to a man that died 2,000 years ago and it's in heaven now. Yes, you are talking to that. But you're also talking to somebody that's been alive forevermore. That has been in it from day one. That has been part of the creation. That saw it when the earth was void of everything. And everything was a mess. And he created it when speaking. The ocean separated. The land masses started forming in their right places. The seeds started um, bearing fruit. The animals came alive. 
Why? All because he spoke. Day and night was separated. All because he spoke it. And that is the one that you are praying to. So I'm saying respect and appreciate the word. At the same time, respect, honor, and appreciate who Jesus is. And at the same time, respect and appreciate the light. Understand that when you're praying, that which you pray is like an on and off switch of a light. It is done immediately. It is in there for that moment because that is how real Jesus is. The light always wins. Amen. Amen. So how do we receive anything? Because I can see on the few faces that are here, well, not all my prayers are always answered, Pastor. How do you mean now that uh, the light always wins? Let's start looking at some of that. Whoa. When we come into alignment with the Word, by speaking the Word, your prayers will be answered. What did Elder Elmery said just now, she peeped at my notes again and I think she designed her offering around the notes. You've got to be in alignment with the word of God, otherwise your prayers are just words. You step into the place of creating through your prayers when you are in alignment with Jesus. Let's read 1 John 5 and verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know what he, that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked for. People should spend more time aligning with God than you'll spend less time asking. Make sure your will, keep the scripture up for us please. Make sure your will is aligned to him, then we can easily be able to pray the right thing. Let's read it again. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. Verse 14 of 1 John 5. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If we ask according to His will, no, you're in the wrong scripture there. 1 John 5 and verse 14. The, the part is there. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So you've got to know what His will is, then He will hear you. More time finding out what His will is, and less time asking. Because if we're not aligned, we're asking out of alignment. So, and this has been a process for me as, as a young Christian. I didn't always understand this part. I want to ask what I want to ask God and I want you to answer. I want you to be my servant. I want you to respond to my prayer without mattering if it's in your will or not. Okay, that's a bit of an exaggeration. But that's how Christians are. They are not taking the time to hear if their request is in line with God. They're just asking and then they're frustrated if it's not answered. Spend your time aligning with God and your requests will become that which is in alignment with God. Your requests change as you come into alignment. Your requests change when you are absolutely in contact with that word. I want to touch on some of the prayers that people pray. Firstly, I think most of the prayers that I receive as a pastor 
is pray for my finances. Pray for an intervention in my financial situation. And the number one of those ones is people ask me to pray to help them pay their debt. Now why is it so quietly? Secondly, we ask for work and business. Thirdly, for our home. We, those who don't have a home need God to provide a home and food and transport and children. And I'm all still under the finance thing. So if you want to pray any one of those things, go to each one of them and find a scripture that addresses that specific issue and saying, God, is this area in alignment? And then it's easy. Then you see the breakthrough quickly. For whatever area there is, there is a scripture. If there isn't a scripture about the thing that you want to pray for, you are out of alignment. Let me just use a, a practical example. Oh, let me. If I fall in love with a girl that's married to somebody else, and now I'm praying, God, sort that out. I can play till the cows come home. It's not going to work. Why? Because it's out of alignment. And I've now taken the extreme example. Or if you're a single man or woman and you're praying for somebody else's husband or wife, you can throw seeds onto it. You can have holy water. You can have the Pope pray for you. You can do whatever you want to. But out of alignment, it's not going to work. If you are married and you've got issues in your marriage, what do you do? You say, God, your word says what, to, what you have put together, let no man separate. And you quote the word of God, and you quote the word of God, and you quote the word of God. And you say, God, change me until I come into alignment with this word. God, change me. Not God, take him or her out. <laughs> All right? At least I'm getting some response. But what I'm saying is that we have to make sure our prayers are in alignment with God. doesn't matter. With our children as wayward, what do we pray? We pray the prodigal son prayer that is there as clear as day. God, let them return. Let those that are in trouble return because you have promised our children will return. We pray it all the time until it happens. Um, food. David says, and the, the psalmist and the and Proverbs says, I've become young and old, but I've never seen the seed of God begging for bread. So you pray that scripture until there's food on your table. You are in alignment with the word and you're activating that light switch when you're coming into alignment with the word. So there's a process of taking time to find out what does God say? Debt. God says, oh, no man, anything except to love them. And you allow God to bring it into alignment and deal with your debt. Because God has got a scripture for everything. Healing. There's hundreds of scriptures about healing. Pray the scripture. We are faced with a pandemic in our country. And one of the reasons it's so devastating is that the church is not practiced in being in alignment in the area of healing. The church is not practiced in the area of switching on the light in the area of healing. And I'm not trying to minimize anybody that has gone through a tough time or has been in this place and hurt. I understand the hurt and I have prayed for people and they've passed away. So I'm not pointing fingers at anybody else. But I'm saying church, me included, 
we've got to come to another level of understanding the word of God around healing. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing a finger at myself and saying, God, change us. Bring me into alignment with your word as far as healing is concerned. Because your whole Bible, from the beginning to the end, is filled with scriptures about healing. And if it's not working, I'm out of alignment. And I better come into alignment. The scientists are saying there's a third wave coming. Praise God, we're coming out of the second wave. We're having a reprieve for the time being. Are we going to be ready to be in another place when the third wave hits? Are we going to make sure we know all hundred and odd scriptures about healing? Off by heart, understanding the, like Elmerie says, you don't just read that one scripture. You read the before part and the after part, and you say, let me take the next few weeks and get it into my spirit, because I might have to face that darkness head on in my family, in myself, in my work situation. And who's going to make the change? Me or nobody? Who's going to be the one that says, I've been appointed in this place? To stand up against this third wave. And I'm going to make it nothing. Are we going to wait till it hits and then start declaring the word? Or are we now going to start interceding and saying, God, save our country from the third wave. Let then nothing happens. Let this second wave end and let it be over and done with. And let us be finished with this pandemic. Or are we going to just sit back and, oh Lord, if it's your will, please don't let anybody die around me. And uh, just sort of like an excuse of a prayer. Are we going to get so filled with the word of God that when we declare it, Satan is just going to run. He's just going to run because he knows I'm going to run into this word of God the same way that darkness meets up with an electrical light. The same way that darkness cannot stay when a fire is lit. We need to be lit up a little bit. Oh, Lord Jesus. In Matthew 16... Verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea and Philippi, he's asked his disciples, I've often preached about this, who do men say that I am, the Son of God am? So they said, some say you are John the Baptist, and some say you're Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You see, every Christian has an idea about who Jesus is. Every Christian has an idea in Matthew 16 and verse 13, Every Christian has an idea. He said to them, but who do you say I am? When you've listened to all the noise on Facebook and on TV and everywhere, who do you say Christ is? Simon Pinter answered him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You see, you need to know who Jesus is. You've got to know the scripture we did just now so that when somebody asks you who Jesus is, that you can answer clearly. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He had a revelation moment, and he spoke it out, and that is what Jesus, what is Jesus answering? For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you want prayers answered, you need to have a revelation. 
answered prayers are built on the rock of revelation. A revelation is built on alignment. Does that make sense? You come into alignment with Jesus. You get a light bulb moment. Oh, that's how that part of the Bible works. You apply that, and God builds his church on that application. Because that's what he's saying here. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Search. There's a process that happens when we come into alignment. Then we get the keys. When we have the revelation of who Jesus is, we get the keys of the kingdom. If your prayers are not being answered, I'm asking you, how much is your alignment? How much is your revelation? When last ever you had a light bulb moment when you read the word of God, say, wow, that is a new part of the word that I never knew before. That is something I didn't understand before. This expands, this is another key that I have to, to the kingdom. Because I've spent time with the person of the word, and he's revealed another key to me. But the church is not spending time with the word, so they're not getting the keys, and so hell is prevailing in the church. Hell is prevailing in society. Because the church is slack and not standing up and taking up its place. You know, I just want to touch, and I wanted to read the whole story, but it's a bit long, and I'm just going to touch on it. Who has heard the story in the Sunday school about the donkey speaking, Balaam's donkey that speaks to him and warns him about going to do something? What was he going to do? He was going to speak out a blessing on a king who wanted to attack the people of God. He was going to use his apostolic or prophetic anointing to speak a curse onto the people of Israel, onto the children of God, for money. And God said to him, no way, you can't do it. And eventually he did go. So the first time he sent the people away and said, go home, I'm not going with you. And they came a second time with more money. So he went with them. And then what does God do? Let's see his donkey stop in the middle of the road. And he gets all upset. Why are you stopping? And the donkey speaks. And people say, if God can use a donkey, then he can also use me. And that applies. But it's much greater truth in this thing than that. The truth is that Balaam was going to use his authority as somebody who has the blessing of God, and he was going to be out of alignment with God by speaking out a curse over the Israelites because God has already blessed the Israelites. When God has blessed you, no one can curse you, and God will not allow the men of God to speak out a curse of you. And so he was stopped by the angel that stood ready to chop his head off because he was out of alignment. He wanted to do something because he wanted his needs met instead of being in alignment with God. And uh, the angel stands there and says to him, don't do it, but go and see what happens. So seven nights in a row, he prays, says, God, what must I do? And God says to him, no, don't bless them. And the next day, the king would up the price. And he said, well, let me go ask God again. And he went to God seven times, and seven times God said to him, no, you cannot speak 
out a blessing over this king. Because I have already blessed the Israelites. You are already blessed and no curse can stick on you. But you know what? We have to be in alignment. We have to be in that place with the word of God. That we don't even have to go and inquire when we get a request. Because we know what his will is. We don't need a donkey to speak to us to say, hey, you're out of alignment. Hey, you're messing up. God does not have to send an angel to stand there ready to chop your head off because you're out of alignment. Because when you have the blessing and you have the right to speak and you're out of alignment, your life is in danger. That's what this scripture tells me. When God says to you, I've given you the authority to bind and loose, and you're using it wrong, your life is in danger. Because God puts an angel there. If you don't believe me... Um, Okay, I didn't bought that. But the angel stands there with the sword when the donkey speaks and says, don't hit your donkey because he saved your life because I was standing ready to chop your head off. When you're out of alignment and you want to use the Bible, God's not on your side. You have to say and allow God to operate through you. Another thing that comes out of this is how powerful is the blessing of God. If it wasn't powerful, God wouldn't have worried to stop him from going to bless them. If it didn't hold water, and it was just a ritual that they did, God would have allowed him to do. But once he goes and speaks the blessing, then God wants to operate through the scripture that says we are bound, whatever we bind on earth are bound in heaven. So that's why God takes the blessing so seriously. And that is why I believe we have to pursue the blessing of God to a greater degree. Because God takes the blessing seriously. And if God takes it seriously, then I also want to take it seriously. I want to end here because I want to give mom time to come and do communion with us at the end of the fast. But I want you to get a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. I want you to get a fresh revelation that this is not a dead book that you read to get formulas on how to turn God, twist God's arm. You read this so that you can come into alignment with the creator that was there side by side with his father from day one. And who spoke everything into being and who made every little bit of it happen. And when you become into alignment with him, things are going to change. Things are going to truly change in your life. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.